0: You're listening to The Driven, the podcast that gives you the news and the views, the ins and the outs on electric vehicles. The Driven is presented by Giles Parkinson, the editor of Renew Economy, One Step Off the Grid, and The Driven Websites. Hello, and welcome
1: to the latest episode of The Driven podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson, I'm the editor of the Driven, along with the sister site's Renew Economy and One Step Off the Grid, and a fairly big week in the EV industry in Australia. Uh, Record sales, more than 4% in the month of um, August, uh, replicated in New Zealand and in the US um, and in Europe. We've got the launch, uh, more sales of BYD, we've got top rating for the Tesla Model Y, and we've also got the formal unveiling and pricing. Of the new MG ZS EV, and joining me to discuss all of this is uh, the Driven's lead reporter, Brady Schmidt. Brady, thanks for joining the podcast. okay.
0: hey, Charles, it's good to be here. Pretty
1: impressive stats at the start of the week, wasn't it? I think um, we had a bit of a Tesla drought because of those problems in Shanghai and the restrictions and the shutdowns and everything like that and um, they sent to hold them out our way to, um, to Australia and now we're starting to see the results in the uh, sales, very impressive. I think EVs, am I right Bridie, in thinking EVs were 4.4% of the new car sales market in Australia in August?
0: Yeah, that's spot on. And I think what's interesting is that actually most of those cars or maybe about two thirds of those cars were Model 3s. So that was a little bit of Tesla catching up on orders. Some people say they've been holding their orders since about January. But we also saw about a thousand Model Ys come into the country. And so that's the first month that we've had the Model Y on the market.
1: And what were the Model Y sales? I was kind of expecting the Model Y to actually um, out-deliver or outsell the Model 3, but as you su- suggest, it's probably a little catch-up from um, earlier orders on the Model 3 part.
0: Yeah, no, that's right. I was surprised too. But I think we'll definitely see a lot more Model Ys coming in as the uh, months go on now because I think, you know, we sort of estimated that some 11,000 or 12,000 Model Ys were orders were snapped up within, you know, the first week or something of it going on sale in Australia.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's going to be interesting. Um, It seems to be on course then to reach, um, I think, Robin Denham's target of 50,000, taking the total Tesla sales to 50,000 by the end of the year. We'll wait and see. It probably doesn't matter very much, but it's pretty exciting to see a lot more cars coming on the market. While we're on the topic of Tesla, let's just talk about another couple of things, Um, the increase in the supercharger rates, which you picked up this week. Supercharging is not cheap anymore.
0: No, it's not. Um, Look, you know, I haven't run all the sums yet, but, you know, there is some sort of speculation that it's maybe not going to be as cheap uh, or cheaper than running a combustion car if you're relying on superchargers all the time, which most people aren't going to do, but... You know, energy costs are going up. Uh, The price rise that we saw is pretty much in line with the wholesale market. So, you know, it's just a sign of the times.
1: It's probably worth actually doing those numbers, yes, because I think the price just went up from $0.52 cents to about $0.68. Cents, and I think in, uh, in your article, it's a big jump, yes. Um, I use the superchargers still because I'm one of those lucky people who made a few referrals and encouraged other people to buy Teslas when they're still giving away free points. So I've still got a few points in the bag, which are use for sort of trips up and down the coast. But um, for the rest of the time, and I think most people will be encouraged to do so, is um, using your charging at home. Um, or for those in New South Wales at least, there's still a few free NRMA charges around the place, but um, they're now starting to get little credit card um, swipe things on there, on so they'll start charging pretty soon, I think, as
0: well. Yeah, look, I know I charge at home whenever possible, uh, but, you know, sometimes you've just got to use the fast chargers when you're out on the road. It's uh, unavoidable.
1: Indeed. One more thing on Tesla, while we on this um, on this subject, the Model Y has come up with, I think it's um, at least on some of the cat categories, the best ever safety rating in Australia, and also in Europe. I'm not too sure it was the best ever or it was top ranking anyway.
0: Yeah, no. Well, look, Euro NCAP said it was a record breaking result, and I think they're referring to you know the last. the most recent uh, testing list. So they've, you know, got a new protocol for 2020 to 2022. Um, But, you know, it's like things like uh, Tesla's auto steering and also the fact that they've introduced driver monitoring, camera-based driver monitoring inside the car. Um, And also the fact that they've introduced Tesla vision. So they got rid of radar um, for outside the car for detecting objects, other cars, pedestrians, all that sort of thing. And so those three features is what has won at this uh, record-breaking safety result, and that's really great. You know, like I think one thing that came out of the VFX this week is that the Tesla Model 3 actually hit number four most delivered uh, car across the whole market, but what I'm really going to be keeping an eye out on over the coming months is, you know, where the Model Y heads because with safety results like that, you know, it's going to be a winner for people.
1: And look, a lot of people do like the sort of higher ride um, in the Model Y because it's UV SUV type thing. So you're certainly much higher um, and many people would feel safer in there. And I guess the ANCAP rating and the EUROCAP rating are just basically um, uh, validations of that. And um, you mentioned the Model 3 was the fourth best-selling car in Australia in the month of August. It was also the fourth best-selling car of any type in Germany in August. Um, EVs captured 5.5% of the US market, which is absolutely huge. Tesla dominated that, sort of two-thirds of that market, sort of split, um, I think, is just ahead of Model 3s. And in New Zealand, I think they grabbed about 12% of the market, and um, Tesla was um, not quite the best-selling. Uh, vehicle um, in that country in the month of August although if you looked at some of their data you might think they they were and um, we've actually sort of approached the New Zealand Department of Transport to point that out That they've actually got data there which says the Tesla is the best-selling vehicle but I think they've got some cumulative stats mixed up with their um, monthly stats anyway there are cars other than Tesla on the road, electric vehicles, and I guess one of the most interesting things um, this week, and pretty much for the year, I think, Brydie, has been the introduction of two low-cost uh, or lower-cost uh, electric vehicles, BYD Et03 and the refreshed MG ZS EV. They come in, I think, um, about $44,000 this week, um, we'll get back to BYD um, in a minute, but I guess the big thing was the, the launch of the MG ZS EV. So tell us what you know about it.
0: Yeah, look, I uh, got the chance to go down to Sydney yesterday and I got to have a drive in the new ZS EV. It's really such a different vehicle to the earlier model. Uh, they've, they've given it a nice new closed grill beautiful new design a lot more aerodynamic and they've also you know added a few, uh, tweaked a few other things like new wheel designs and um, improved the energy efficiency so it's got a slightly larger battery but that combined with the improved energy efficiency and aerodynamics means that the WLTP range now sits at about 320 kilometers. And when I got in the car yesterday, it had hundred percent battery and it said it had three hundred kilometers. So it's uh, you know, it's, it's considerably more than the last model. Um it's probably gonna be, you know, that much more inviting for drivers. So it sort of takes it out of the realm of being just a, a mainly a city car. Um and it's also it was actually a lot quieter, I found. They've um done a few things to make the the um buffer the sound when you're driving so there's like inners on the fenders and a a new bottom plate and um, some padding in the firewall and it just helps uh, deaden that road noise as it comes through the car because obviously you don't have an engine so when you take that noise away you often hear the road a lot louder in an EV so it's good to see that MG's tackling some of those things.
1: Oh, that's great news. Look, um you also got to speak to um Giles Birchall, who's um one of the senior MG executives. Um so tell us who he is and maybe introduce um the conversation that you had with him.
0: Yeah, Giles Belcher is National Sales and Marketing Director for MG Australia. And I got a chance just to ask him um particularly about the price drop for the MG because it's uh you know, MG originally first came on the market at around forty-one, forty-two thousand dollars and they put their price up a bit. And then BYD came in and they undercut MG. So for a while, the MG, the BYD was the cheapest EV on the Australian market and uh, MG have come back in now and dropped the price again. So they're pretty much on square with BYD. So I got a chance to talk with Giles and uh, find out from him about the price drop and what else he really likes about the new ZS EV and what it's got to offer drivers.
2: Well, the original pre-sale price was set over 12 months ago. And as you get closer to the launch, you crystallise what the costs of the vehicle are. Um, So that as those costs crystallise, we were able to come up with a better offering. And part of our DNA is to try and offer the best value car we can in every segment we compete in. So those two things together made, made us able to deliver the price we could today.
0: That's fantastic because there's a lot of upgrades in this year's model, isn't there? There is, yeah. yeah. Tell me about what they are and what, what do you think are the, the best features? Oh, I
2: think Look, I think the longer range is obviously important, um, more power, um, the vehicle to load capability so the car can actually charge um, power tools or things like that, laptops, whatever you need really. Um, so those three things are, will make a real difference to the yeah. car but... It's been improved in thousands of ways. It's, it's basically an all-new, better car.
0: Yeah, I really noticed that the the, the noise when driving yeah. the car is really improved.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've been able to lower the NVH levels really well.
0: Yeah, no, I think that was really impressive. Um, and how do you how do you think that the MG ZS EV meets the needs of today's drivers wanting to go electric?
2: Well, I think um, the average commute is like twenty-eight kilometres, I think, in Australia. So. You know, it's a perfect car to manage that day by day because 320-kilometre range means you don't have to worry about any range anxiety or plan routes or anything like that. So, you know, it's big enough for a small family and it's small enough to get around town. So I think from that point of view, it really suits kind of inner-city urban life.
0: And uh, what, what do you think about the interest in between the different... Um the trims, Excite versus Essence. Have you yeah. got any indication of interest on what's the preference? Yeah, so
2: whenever a new car is launched, basically the higher spec car is the best seller for a little while. It's just the way it always works, yep. and it's no different to this car. I think the pre-orders were eighty percent Essence, twenty percent Excite. Over time, that always changes, but mm-hmm. that's that's the kind of level of interest we're getting at the moment.
0: And you had five hundred. Um, the first five hundred yep. orders had the free charge hub with that. Has yep. that gone well?
2: Yeah, yeah, the first 500 went in six weeks, I think. Fantastic. So, you know, we continue to take orders since then, but those lucky first have got the additional benefit.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. And um, are you seeing um, a lot of uptake versus the, the plain ZS combustion engine model?
2: Oh, look, they're very different, um, so it's hard to compare. We're very happy with the pre-sale activity that's an interest that's shown in this car, so I wouldn't want to compare it to the petrol car really in any way. The different price points for different needs so from that point of view they're completely different segments
0: fair enough fair enough and also we're excited to hear that there's a the mg4 is coming next year Um, what can you tell us about that and why do you think that'll be a good addition to the market we can't
2: say too much at the moment because it is a long way away and we've got a lot of work to do before we can bring that to market Mm -hmm. but we're super excited about it you know it's been launched in europe and the uk and the feedback's been really impressive So we're excited about it, but more than that, I can't really say.
0: No, that's great. And look, we're hearing that there's lots of interest overseas as well. So good stuff. Look, thanks for your time. Thanks for joining us at The Driven. And uh, we look forward to hearing more.
2: No problem. Good to see you. Thank Thank you.
0: you.
1: And uh, that was Giles Belcher, the head of uh, sales and marketing at NG Australia. Brady, um, any indication really about how much they're going to sell? How many they're going to sell? What sort of backlog? How many cars they're actually bringing to the country? Because really, apart from Tesla and I guess BYD, we'll get to pretty soon. Um, they haven't. They've only been coming in their hundreds, um, not more than that.
0: Yeah. Look, they haven't actually given any indication on what volume that they have secured, but they have said that their first. They had an offer for the first 500 orders to get a free charging hub, and they said that was taken up really quickly. Um, they are expecting that the uh, the upper range uh, Essence variant is probably going to be most popular, so that's now going to be 48,990 drive away. Um but yeah i think uh, we're going to see it coming in you know at, at the moment mg even though they've actually had this really big pause in deliveries while they waited for the new car to come in they're still setting it um number four on the leaderboard in terms of volume for evs in australia this year um i think you know obviously we're going to see BYD move up the ladder there pretty quickly once they start um, really rolling out deliveries they've got bringing in about a 500 a month or something like that um, so yeah it'll be interesting to see where MG goes with that.
1: Mm. Have uh, they given any indication yet of, of, the sort of waiting time if you ordered now I mean how long do you get to wait?
0: I do not know the answer to that question. Actually. Oh, shock, horror, we shock, need to horror.
1: Find that out. Yeah. Let's do that. Look, you've had a very brief drive of the MG, and um, I don't think you've had a chance yet to get um, on the BYD 803. We hope that happens sometime very soon. What should people be thinking about then when they're sort of comparing the two? Because now that we've got two sub 50,000 options
2: for the
0: first time ever in
1: Australia. So, um, how do they sort of weigh up and compare those two offerings?
0: Yeah, look, that's a really interesting question because there are some distinct differences, I suppose. Um, As you said, I haven't had a chance to drive the Addo 3 yet, but you know, it's uh, supposed to, you know, have some nice premium features in there. It's got a a touchscreen interface that you can turn from portrait to landscape. Um, It's going to have some software updates, so it doesn't have Apple CarPlay and Android Auto yet from my understanding. Um, So if you're going for the BYD, you might have to wait for some of those features to come in, whereas the MG's already got those in there. Um, The other sort of main difference is probably um, sort of what range offerings are on the table because the BYD comes in two different ranges with a a standard range battery and an extended range battery. Um, That extended range battery offers about 420 kilometres based on the WLTP standard Whereas at the moment, MG is only um, bringing in the standard range battery option. So it's got two trims, but it's just got that 320 kilometres range WLTP. And then probably you're going to want to take a look at sort of the difference in warranties because MG's got the seven-year unlimited warranty, um, whereas BYD's got an eight-year 160,000 kilometres warranty. Mm.
1: And uh, we saw a big kerfuffle with BYD too about some of the um the warranty changes and some of the servicing costs and um, and after that kerfuffle was made public, uh, mostly through the driven and world well and reporting on that. Um, there was actually changes made, and um, that seems to sort of has settled down the um. The um, the customers and BYD are now reporting, or at least telling us, that they've um, had a reboot in sales interest um, after a bit of a, um, a bit a, um, a, a bit of a pushback from from some people. And I note that this week they had their first deliveries in Melbourne, so they're all starting to roll out uh, quite quickly now.
0: Yeah, that's right. Look, they made some changes to the servicing schedule, and they made good with some of their existing order holders. So they've offered. Um, for service-free, that sort of thing. So, look, I think that's really good. It's going to engender trust um, with what is a new brand in Australia. So, you know, it, it really is going to be an interesting few months coming up in terms of, you know, where the EV market is heading.
1: What do we know about other sort of models um, coming in? I mean, we've got the sort of the Cooper Born being sort of launched, and we should see that sort of first arrive and test drives around the place. I mean, there's talk about VW. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? ID is it the ID three or the ID four which might be headed to our shores? Well,
0: I think it's the ID four that's going to be coming first. Um, so that'll be interesting because, of course, that's built on the same platform as the Cooper Born. But whereas the Cooper Born is you know this sort of funky electric hatch that has got this massive battery in it and quite long range. The ID Four is um, an SUV, so it will be really interesting to see what people think of that. And we're also going to uh, see the Volvo C Forty probably arrive as well. So uh, latest thing that Volvo told us is that that's on track for a launch uh, in probably you know the next month or so. Um, and that's sort of uh, sort of a low profile electric crossover and it's going to be uh, available in two variants with a single or a dual motor.
1: Well that's pretty exciting. Um, I'd just like to note a couple of other things before we sort of wrap up. Um, we saw some stories um, last month um, sort of uh, revealing uh, what was quite well known within the motor industry was the sort of, you know, the efforts of some of the big car makers, legacy car makers, in particular Toyota, in sort of trying to sort of slow down the switch to EVs, resisting things like fuel emission standards. And I just noticed that Greenpeace came out and sort of um, um, gave to, her, to another bollocking by sort of uh, describing them as um, the most unhelpful in um, as far as sort of uh, evolving EV policies. But it certainly seems in Australia, Brady, that um, we're starting to move forward. We're going to have a discussion paper very soon about the uh, vehicle emission standards. Uh, Labor says they're very keen in getting their their, um, their, their, their new sort of tax breaks for some of the EVs, uh, particularly around sort of um, fringe benefits tax and sort of changes, I think, to luxury tax um, considerations. But the coalition is still going barking mad about um, EVs. We've had, um, who was it? Was it Susan Lee, the former environment minister, saying there's no such thing as an electric ute, which is news yeah. to Rivian and uh, and um, the people who bought um, F-150 uh, Lightnings, um, the Ford uh, electric ute in the US. And um, even Donald Trump said uh, we should just sort of ban them all and sort of get them off the road. So... The
0: Conservatives are still
1: struggling with this whole idea. I just don't think that the uh, the electric vehicle wars are over yet.
0: No, it's quite extraordinary. And, um, it, you know, when you hear these people saying that you know, electric kits don't exist when, you know, it's, it's actually not hard to find them. They're just not actually in Australia yet. Uh, you know, it's just very surprising.
1: No, it's, um, it's not just surprising, it's actually just a little bit depressing. Anyway, look, I think that's a bit of a wrap for, um, for this week. Thank you very much, Bridie, um, Bridie Schmidt. That's the lead, re- lead reporter for The Driven. Um, check out the website also. We've got some more great travel stories. Um, Bridie wrote about uh, two Model Y owners who barely, you know, must be minutes or hours after getting their car. They set off in two laps of Australia in opposite directions and sort of met on the other side. Um, interesting stories from them, particularly about the lack of charging infrastructure in the remotest of places, which I guess we would expect. And um, there's a couple of other good travel stories around the place as well. So um, all good stuff. Um, Check out our other podcasts too, um, uh, Solar Insiders podcast, and also the Energy Insiders podcast. And we'll be back in a week or two with another episode of the Driven Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Bye for now.